We'll never see somebody like Barry Sanders again. It was lightning from the first snap that he took. Because of that, Detroiters were just all in. For this second, he's here. And then 1,001, he's not here anymore. He's over there, and you're tackling air. Normal joints don't move the way Barry Sanders' joints move. I'm sorry. How do you juke people, get to the end zone, and just give the ball to the ref? He's so humble, and it's real. He just wanted to play football. This guy did something special every single Sunday. He gave Detroit a sense of hope that the city desperately needed. It's a privilege to be one of the players that will help restore the roar. We had the greatest running back that ever played the game. But then something happened. Shocking announcement has thousands of fans feeling flustered. Barry Sanders will retire, not with the press conference, but with a statement. He sends a fax machine? Everybody's trying to figure out why. What the F are you doing? Was Barry frustrated playing for a losing team? Is this a bargaining ploy? My dad was opinionated. It was tough to experience that. He would tell Barry, you'll never be better than Jim Brown. He was affected by guys who got hurt. Or his teammates suffer serious injuries. Nobody walks away at the peak of their powers like this. There has to be something else. This week, he is on vacation and somewhere living his very best life. But don't you worry, sitting in for Joe is a good friend of the pod and a voice you all know and love, the one and only Florida Fade. Glad to be back, Chantel, on the second appearance of the Air Adult Show. Well, we are glad to have you. And I think his voice will be one that you guys should get accustomed to hearing. We have some things in the pipeline coming up. And so Eric will be joining us much more. But for now, you can find the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast on all media platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Please like, follow, and review and rate the podcast on any of those platforms. There should even be a little bell that you can click on so you can get a notification whenever we post a new episode. And please, it's so important to rate and review the podcast. That helps us keep moving up the podcasting charts, and that is definitely what we want. Also, each show description has a support this podcast link embedded in it. And if you like what you hear and you feel so inclined to make a contribution, it helps make it that much easier for us to bring you a brand new show every single week. So click on the link, show the pod some love. And lastly, don't forget to follow us at Air It Out Network on Instagram. So how was your week? Week was good. Uh, ate some turkey. Bunch of sides. Uh, <laughs> nice. Visiting family up in Seattle and watched the uh, Niners uh, Seattle game in mm-hmm. front of a bunch of Seattle fans. Uh, sure, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Well, I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope everybody did. I'm sure all of us are carrying a couple extra pounds around. It's the holiday time. Right. It's, it's okay. That's You get gross. a pass around yeah. this time, right? Well, the voice you heard at the top of the show was that of one Barry Sanders. This week, the documentary Bye Bye Barry dropped on Amazon Prime. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Can't wait to see it. Have you seen it yet? No, but it's it's definitely in the top uh, top five things I'm, I'm looking towards uh, 
the show the show has it in the well not the show but the amazon app has it listed as like one of the top 10 in the country you know for shows and it was like number two so doesn't surprise me it's a unique individual yeah well, I learned actually he is pretty unique because during that uh, tribute episode where we talked about the late, great Jim Brown, I learned that Barry Sanders was the only person to even come close to Jim Brown averaging 100 yards a game throughout his career. Barry Sanders was like 99. And so he was number two. thought that was an interesting statistic. But I know that uh, yeah, I think we hard. all know that he called it quits kind of early. Right. At and very suddenly. Prime of his career. Right. So I think that. The documentary will go further into that. I actually watched A Football Life on NFL Network. Have you ever seen those? The... Actually, I have not. Okay. So, you know, they just do the background of a lot of different players. And they did one on Barry Sanders that I watched. And what was interesting, so his dad was on the show. He had a father who was extremely tough on him his mm. entire life. Even in the NFL, he was constantly like, you're not that great. You're all right. You're not. Right. You're, you're just okay. S- you're not one of the great. Similar to uh... A Tiger Woods father or Serena and Is that what they is that what they had? I know that they were tough, but were they like they were they were tough. Okay. <laughs> they were tough. Well his dad uh really pushed him in, especially when it came to football. And no matter what, he was always just like, you know, you're just okay. You're not that great. But when he had a son who ended up playing football, ended up being really good, as you can imagine, right. a high level recruit going into college. While all of this is happening, Barry Sanders says he takes his son aside and he's like, listen, I love you. I want you to go for your dream. I want you to do everything it is that you want to do. But just know that I don't know if you will ever be the player that I was because you don't have the father that I had. And I was like, oh, what a beautiful, moving moment. Where where was he when Michael Jordan was raising his children? (laughs) That's the question. (laughs) But yeah, I was like, oh, that's, I'm such a sap. But I really, I can't wait to watch the new uh, Bye Bye Barry. I'll definitely check it out. But anyway, week 12 is officially in the books. We're on to week 13. Fantasy playoffs are creeping closer and closer. So let's take a look at what happened in this thing of ours this past week. Time for the Air It Out Fantasy Football League recap. All right. In the week 12 of fantasy football in the Air It Out League, our uh, five winners... The Players Club is going 206 points. Well, broke the seal on that broke one, right? Broke the seal, yes. Congratulations, Cam. And had uh, standout performances from Matt Stafford, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Najee Harris, uh, surprisingly. What? Okay. Yes, finally showed up. <laughs> also a winner this week, LC's Classic 73 team, mm-hmm. uh, maintaining his first place spot with 186 points. Uh, not too shabby as well. I, I believe okay. this is actually all around was the highest scoring week. Really? Since we, yeah. Okay. For the 2023-24 year. I can believe that, but we can't short Zulu Nation. I think he was in LC's classic team moved up into number one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he I'm moved sorry. up. So yes. I, you know, I don't, you know, I get feedback for these things. So, and they oh. come at me hard. So I can <laughs> make sure it's on point. And uh, third winner this week, uh, our very own Battle Beast with 167 points led by... Uh, Standout performance by Kyron Williams, 40-point performance. And uh, Devonta Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles, 25 points. Also, Bulldog Joe, 152 points with a win over uh, myself, unfortunately. (laughs) It's putting together a little winning streak here. Okay. It's making a run. 
And uh, rounding off the uh, winners this week, 52 Fake Out, led by uh, Jonathan Taylor with uh, 21 points in the San Francisco defense uh, and a big win over the uh, Seattle Seahawks, 24 points. And uh, this week's losers, starting with myself, uh, Florida Fade, dropped to five and seven and sixth place. Also losing this week, Zulu Nation, previously number one. Now it's dropped down to uh, second. Although, you know, I think we, how many weeks? We have two weeks left? Two weeks left before the playoffs. Okay, so it's still to be determined who's going to take the top spot. Right. Yeah, that could go either way. Next loser, Road Warriors, uh, also dropping to five and seven. And uh, that Grizzly, now three and nine. And uh, left hand of Thanos, six and six, rounding out the losers for the week. So, yeah, there's still still a lot of to be determined in the middle of the pack. As yeah, far as, uh, it's still a really competitive league. I think that that middle section, there's like five of us that are teetering right around the tied record. Just, just a game or two. Points. Yep. Yep. So it'd be interesting to see. It's going to come down to points. I think uh, so, for sure. For a lot of teams. So we'll see. So that's uh, what happened in the Air It Out League this week. Now moving on up to the big league. What's going on in the NFL this week? All right. So in the NFL this week, we usually start off with trades and any movement that's going on. But the trade deadline for both fantasy and the NFL has come and gone. So not much on that front. But there are a couple of things that are going on in the headlines that are really, really getting to me that happen to Beginning under this okay. uh, skin of mine, so I'm going to start out with the easier, lighter one, if you, if that's All okay. Right. Right. So I heard the question posed: Are the six and five Broncos a playoff team? What say you, Eric? I, they kind of look that way to me. Okay. As much has changed since I believe it was week three when I uh, first came on to mm-hmm. uh, guest host with you, and uh, the defense. I, you know, they took that Dolphins loss, a historic loss. <laughs> right, and, they got seventy hung on yeah. them. Yeah, but but since then, I don't know if they they just sat everybody down and had like a a come the to, come to Jesus yes, moment. I, I believe so. <laughs> but they've held uh, some good teams to low scoring uh, affairs. Uh, yeah, this is true. The Chiefs to nine points, uh, the Bills to twenty two, and the Vikings to twenty points. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what, if they can keep on the same trajectory. I, they got a shot. I think I think you're shot. right. I say yes. So the Texans and the Broncos are my Cinderella teams this year. So nobody expected them to be having the kind of season that they're having at all. Nobody expected to see this level of play from either of these teams. And especially, just like you said, once the Broncos got 70 hung on them back in week three by the Dolphins, we thought it was over. Everybody was I- like, this is it. They're done. Russell's done. They're going to suck the entire season. I heard not one single word of positivity (laughs) that maybe, you know, bad game. You can turn it around. Right. That's all she wrote. Everybody down to the coach. And then be ashamed. And then just like you, just like you said, it appears that something, something clicked. They keep getting better and better. They are now on a five game win streak including, just like you said, wins against the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Browns, three of the best teams in the league. I think they are for real. So the next three games are the Texans, the Chargers, and the Lions. And in that group, I think the Lions will be their their real test. I believe so. I also think this week versus Houston will also yeah. be a struggle for them. But I, I, do, I don't want to skip to the picks. 
But okay. I think they'll do okay. I think you're okay. right. I think the Lions will be the toughest test. Yeah, I think so too. But if they get the win against the Lions, I think many people will be changing their tune about them. So Russell Wilson has been downright, I'm going to call it conservative with the football. He's got four interceptions on the season and 20 touchdowns. That's the best touchdown to interception ratio in the league. And where, I ask, are all of the Russell Wilson naysayers who were so loud and proud at the start of the season, he manages to get his footing, turn it around, and now it's crickets, well, you know, right? People love the rise, but they love the downfall even more. Right. Well, so you, that it, might be true. Was, that might be true. It was a true. great story with him moving to Denver and, you know, who was right between him. I'm sorry, with the coach in uh, Seattle. The discussion had been... Uh, for years, is like, was Russell winning these games for them? Uh, you know, okay. was he right. carrying the Seahawks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And with the rise Pete of Geno, Carroll, that's right, his name. Pete Carroll, yeah. with the rise of uh, Geno Smith last year, mm-hmm. and how well they played beyond expectations is like, well, actually, it was Russell being carried all those years. But as far as him taking care of the ball, this oh, just seems I like a return. I could not disagree with him. you more. <laughs> that is not an indication of that. That's, I, that's what the narrative was, though. Uh, you know, right. Okay. I just think that it, there's definitely a combination of talent, and I don't want to take anything away from coaching because that's very important as well. Right. But yeah, I couldn't. I can't sign off on on, on them. Russell and being it, a lot of it goes days. back to that moment in that second Super Bowl when they're playing the Patriots. Bad decision. Who makes that call? Right. Not Who to makes go to Marshawn. You know, was that Russell or was that Pete Carroll? So the world may never know. <laughs> But at any rate, so, yeah, that one uh, was was getting to me, especially since we've heard very little since they have been playing so much better these days. But the other one that's getting under my skin is the firing of the coaches of the Carolina Panthers, head coach Frank Wright, assistant head coach Deuce Staley, and quarterback coach Josh McCowan. Deuce Staley is also the running back coach. They were all fired 11 games into the season. The 1 in 10 Panthers have been near the bottom in every single statistical category. But the meat and potatoes of this firing, I think, is, I'm going to say, the result of the underdevelopment or lack of progress of their number one pick, Bryce Young. So in 11 games, he's completed 62% of his passes, averages about 197 yards a game, has a 74.7 passer rating, has thrown nine TDs, eight interceptions. Not terrible. I say not terrible. But the worst part of the story for me is that it was somehow leaked from the Panthers organization that everyone involved in the draft decision-making process wanted C.J. Stroud, especially Frank Wright. And the owner, David Tepper, stepped in and overrides the group decision, right? This is what what the initial reports were, right? That he stepped in, overrides the group decision, and they go with Bryce Young, right? So all morning, if you haven't seen, David Tepper has been kind of making his rounds, doing all of these press conferences, reiterating like, oh, no, that that can't be. That is not true. Everybody was on the same page. We always wanted Bryce Young all from the start and kind of, you know, rounding the troops again, getting everybody circling the wagons, circling the wagons, right. Saying no, 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 no. So if you can imagine, even if that is true, letting a whisper or any hint or any tiny little notions of something like that, making its way into the public, 
when you have a very young rookie quarterback that's trying to get his footing right. in the league and get up to speed hasn't of the really game. Hasn't really done anything wrong. Hasn't done anything wrong and now has to carry the weight of potentially not everybody that is in the room with him is like, is on his side, really, you know? So for me, that is borderline, like, egregious out of that organization. They're doing them wrong. Yeah. It's a lot long, a lot wrong with the Panthers right now. But I don't think that Bryce Young is the reason that they've struggled this year. Okay. It's, it's a rebuild year. And, mm-hmm. uh, Which they knew it was going right. to be. And you, you talked last week about uh, Tom Brady made that comment about not training oh, the younger players. Great and minds. It's right. It's it's like in my next exactly. few sentences in my notes. Great, great minds. Exactly. So before I go to that, then he and by he I mean David Tepper. He goes on in these prom, in these press conferences. He has the nerve to say that he is a patient person when it comes okay. to his team, right? right? That he says that even though since taking ownership in 2018, he has fired three head coaches right. in season, three head coaches, and then six, if you count the interim head coaches, right? But the, I don't know, doesn't sound like a model of patience to, to me. So Bryce, he, he, listen, he is a rookie quarterback. He might indeed be having a tough rookie year, and I don't think it means much at all. So, in general, Peyton Manning, his rookie year, he threw 26 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. Where is he now? In the Hall of Fame, a yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback. Let's not even mention his younger brother, Eli Manning, his rookie year. He, what, in nine games, he had a passer rating of 55.4, six touchdowns, Nine interceptions. Terrible. Over, terrible. What is he yeah. now? A two-time Super Bowl winner, the only one to beat Tom Brady twice. Not once, but twice, right? right? Tom Brady him himself, right? His rookie year, he had a passer rating of 42.4 because he only played in one game and he threw one pass for six yards. But the following year, he threw 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Not the best ratio, but where is he now? Widely regarded as one of the best to ever do it, right? So... Those stats and the hard time that Bryce Young is having right now don't mean a whole lot, at least not in my opinion. But just like you said, it was last week that Tom Brady was saying the NFL is producing a mediocre or inferior product at best. I think I have to agree. And if you look at the three franchises that uh, those quarterbacks you just mentioned came from, the Giants, Mm -hmm. the Patriots, the Colts, they all had many years of consistency on the coaching staff. And as far as the GM that was in place at the time. Right. Which is, you know, not to change topics, but it's also a similar situation going on in Las Vegas right now with uh, Antonio Pierce Mm -hmm. uh, as the intern head coach. Right. And, you know, do you stick with this guy? How many coaches are they going to have to fire? Right. Before. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But he's he's doing quite well, though. Yeah, they're not winning, but. Well, they, uh, they've they won a couple. They look right? better. They they look better, and they, they have won, happier. I think, one or two since he stepped in. <laughs> and that counts for something. But yeah. at any rate, yes, he was saying the NFL is putting on a not inferior or, you know, mediocre product at best. And I think maybe this is the kind of thing that he's talking about, or at least some part of it. Impatience. Yeah, yep. for sure. But at any rate, moving on, 
the injury report. So I really ate into our time on that one, didn't I? But anyway, for the injury report, the major story, easy come, easy go. Jonathan Taylor to miss several weeks, severe thumb injury that is going to require surgery. Hope uh, you guys held on to Zach Moss. So also just in time for his bye week, Justin Jefferson activated from IR after dealing with a hamstring injury should be ready to go for week 14 against the Raiders. Miles Garrett listed his day to day. He's got a shoulder injury. They're reporting it is only a sore shoulder, but he is expected to play this week. Also on his team. Oh, he is expected team. to play. He is. is. Okay. Yeah, they're, that's what they're saying. But, you know, that go that right. changes that minute again. to minute, right? right. So uh, Amari Cooper listed as questionable, expected to play, as well as their uh, backup quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, if he clears the concussion well, they, protocol. They have Joe Flacco. They do. Have. Who apparently still Listen, plays football. Joe Flacco, football Joe League, Flacco so. is a Super Bowl winning quarter. <laughs> I mean, uh, come on. How many years ago was that? I, he won it. That, um, <laughs> past tense. Okay, that this is true. Michael Parsons also listed on the injury report is questionable. He did not have an injury designation, though. And Noah Brown also on the report as questionable with no injury designation. So I would keep an eye out for those, especially as the well, Sunday and approaches and kind of find out what the situation is with that. But that is where it stands as of right now. So quite a few hits this week uh, with the injury bug, but the NFL season keeps rolling on. If I was if I was just to add a couple. Sure. Uh, I think that the Saints who lost both uh, Chris Olave and uh, Rashid Shahid, their top two receivers. Really? Uh, okay. Right. So I think Olave's out with concussion and uh, Rashid's out. With a thigh injury. Okay. Uh, but neither one of them. Oh, that's a big deal for them because Mike Tom's out too. They lo- they've lost oh, really? him as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's a good portion of their offense. That was it. like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a long road to hoe. Sounds like. Did you have anybody else? Uh no. I think okay. that's we covered the most significant. Okay, cool. But like we were saying, the NFL season keeps rolling on. Time to take a look at what navigating these injuries and a couple sets back will look like on the uh, fantasy landscape for us. But first, the movers and shakers this week. Did you want to kick off with the stars uh, of the fantasy week? Uh, Sure. This week, we had a really big game from uh, Josh Allen and uh, that huge face-off with the Eagles the Buffalo Bills with uh, Jalen Hurts scoring five touchdowns. Yeah, that three, was crazy. Three passing, two rushing. Uh, that that was crazy. Jalen Hurts MVP level performance. I don't I don't see how anybody could look at that and see anything else. Kyron Williams also had a great game. Dak Prescott and uh, a blowout. Yeah. Versus uh, versus the Commanders, I believe, on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud. Continuing consistency, rising star of the league. Right. Uh, Jordan Love. Yes. Out of of nowhere, from left field. (laughs) 35 fantasy points. Right. And a very surprising win. Yeah. Uh, And actually the only interesting game on Thursday, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how well he's going to be able to keep up that level of performance. But also another rookie quarterback. You know, you got to let him learn. So he does have potential. Even though he's not a rookie, we say that, but this is like his third year. It's like a, a red shirt. Okay. We'll call him a red shirt. <laughs> and rounding out our performances, uh, B. John Robinson had a great game against the uh, Falcons who were playing the Saints in a big divisional matchup mm-hmm. in a horrible division. 
but they're kind of maneuvering themselves as the the best team in the NFC South right now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? So a lot of those guys that you had on your list, I had on mine as well, including Kyron Williams. I also had Mike Evans had a pretty big game, six for 70 yes. and two TDs. Trevor Lawrence does it again this week. He was hot last week, too. He put up 30 fantasy points, 364 yards and a TD. And they got the win over Houston, That uh, even though C.J. Stroud did play well also in that Big game. Big fan of sunshine. Um, <laughs> let's see. Jordan Love we talked about. And uh, they got the win over Detroit, which was surprising also. So in that division. And then... Rashi Rice also on my list oh, yes. for Kansas yeah. City. We talk a lot about the wide receiver situation in Kansas City, but I think Rice really stepped it up last week. He had eight catches for 107 yards and a TD. He is trying to maybe endear himself to one Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and feel that uh, missing that role of um, Hill going gone missing. But we'll see. Okay. And also, I did to have uh, one Dakota Prescott. He has, in my opinion, turned into a elite fantasy quarterback one. He's been doing incredibly well, 45 fantasy points. He was Impressive. 22 of 32, 331 yards, four TDs. So let's see if he stays hot this week against the uh, Seahawks, though. Just as an observation, uh, I was noticing, and I did a little research, if you look at the top 10 scores this week uh-huh. uh, by fantasy points, seven to 10 of them were quarterbacks. Okay. And if you look back at week 11, it was also seven of ten. There were quarterbacks. Week ten, six of ten, quarterbacks. And if you look at the uh, cumulative score from uh, week one till twelve, mm-hmm. nine of ten top scores are quarterbacks. Okay. And I think that goes to speak to kind of how the fantasy landscape has changed. Okay. Over the last five to ten years, mm-hmm. and just looping back to uh, Joe talked about the. To quarterback strategy, right? Uh, when you're drafting, and I don't, it you can strike out, right? But if you get two high producing quarterbacks on your team, there's a a floor every week that you're usually not going to go below. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a more solid floor than going uh, running back first or even wide receiver first. So I know. And we disagree wholeheartedly on that. Joe and I, we have that same debate. We don't, I do not at all subscribe to the two quarterback and the zero running back uh, strategy when it comes to the draft, just because I think that you sacrifice far too much in the skill positions, especially when you pick back to back and you have to wait for that snake to come back around. So by the time, it comes back around, even though even if you do have those two high, high producing quarterbacks, you're digging through the bargain basement looking for the other skill positions of which there are far more. So you even when you're playing two quarterbacks, you got two running backs and two wide receivers that you have to account for. And that's four positions in itself, not to mention the tight end, which always gets tough. So I think that theory is. I don't know. It's it's probably, I'm going to say hit or miss at best. I think that's a tricky aspect because you really have to hit on the the cream of the crop of the mid-tier 
receivers and running mm-hmm. back because you're not going to get that top tier. But it, I, it depends on where you pick two, in the draft. It depends right. even even for the mid tier. So, for example, if you have somebody else with a strategy of I'm going running back, running back, and then a, or a wide receiver, by the time right. the mid tier people, it's the bottom of the mid tier, right? Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I will think long and hard. Maybe if I enter another uh, league of possibly testing out the strategy to see how well I do. I don't know. I'll end up cursing you guys out on here if I end up doing too poorly and losing all my money. But I might give it a shot just to, just to see. I'll give it a try. Just make an observation. Yes. But oh, anyway, going on to the cool starts for the week. I think that was all for the, the rock stars, right? Right. Okay, so off to a cool start. So surprisingly for the game that Dak Prescott had, his tight end, Jake Ferguson, was kind of left out in the cold, a lowly four fantasy points, only three targets, 35 yards. Also, and I've been on him for a while now, Devontae Adams. Hmm. He is definitely on the lower side of his fantasy numbers again. I think 12 points, which was way under his projections and much, much lower than any fantasy manager, I think, that drafted him or even in the past would have expected him to be producing at this point. But there's a lot going on in there. Of right. course, he's a tremendous talent. But the funny thing is, the other day, I for, I legit forgot that he was a receiver for the Ra- I was like, who's the receiver <laughs> for the Ra- well, And somebody was, this Josh, Josh Jacobs but- gets a lot of receptions himself. Yeah, uh, so yeah. He, he kind of it, suffers. He didn't from, he, listen. He didn't come to mind when I was thinking right. I, that. T- so we'll we'll see. And the last one I had for the cool starts, Adam Thielen. He got off to a red hot start. He was legit wide receiver one in fantasy and has appears at least to have cooled significantly. He posted only one point two fantasy points and bringing in only one catch on three targets for two yards. So tough break. Did you any any cool starts on your list, Eric? You covered a lot of my uh, a lot of my picks. Okay. Uh, with uh, Devontae Adams, yeah, I, I didn't have anything else. Okay, yeah. no worries. Oh, this week our bye week blues. Let's see the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, the Giants, and the Ravens all on bye. So let's see what is up on the waivers. Who's long gone, and what sleepers might still be available for you to grab. Once again, I think I said this last week too, but if you are in need of a quarterback, I will pray for you. And that is all because there is uh, nothing left. Uh, it's very slim well, pickings uh, you, in the quarterback arena on the on the waiver wires. You, you may want to take a shot on the Jordan Love. Okay. I, I know he had one decent performance. Well, better than decent. He yeah. Had a, no, he had a great performance. Okay. But uh, he's going to be streaky. Okay. But if you're left out in the cold, like you said, and uh, you had a Josh Allen or even uh, a Lamar Jackson, you know, you, you're looking for somebody to fill in him. Mm-hmm. Or Sam Howell's probably still pretty widely available. This is true. Yeah. And unless you're, if you're playing in a, a two quarterback league or a super flex, like the one that we're in. Right. It may be a little tougher for you, but right. certainly if you're in a standard uh, league, those guys should be available. That's a very good point. Good job, Eric. Who else do I have? Let's see. What else is up on the waiver wires? Once again, let's see. Uh, Noah Brown, for some reason, a viable wide receiver target of CJ Stroud. Don't know why he seems to live on the waiver wires. He's about 44% rostered. I would certainly take a chance on him. 
Uh, let's see, Jerry Judy also at 64% rostered. I think if you're in need for a bye week situation this week, this week only. But as the Broncos offense has started to heat up, I would maybe consider him worthwhile as well, at least, right. especially for, for fill in, right? right. And my favorite, favorite, favorite target on the waiver wire, Samaj P. Ryan. For okay. some reason, the lead back in the <laughs> the Broncos lead back, Javante Williams, he cannot buy a touchdown. I don't know what it is, but I think P. Ryan for the last few games has trended upward. I would definitely take him in a heartbeat and not just for one week. I'd probably hold on to him for a few. I'd also throw in uh, Brandon Cook's. On uh, Dallas, who I saw was only uh, 57% rostered mm-hmm. at this time. And uh, going back to the point you made about Ferguson, uh, Dak is, is spreading the ball around to everyone on the offense. Okay. So it's hard to say where he's going to go week to week right. outside of, of course, CeeDee Lamb. But uh, he might be one that's available in your league that you want to take a look at. Okay, nice. Nice. So anybody else, or will that do it for us? It's... Uh, it's getting pretty pretty sparse out there. It it's is. Not, it's not a lot to choose from anymore. <laughs> I uh, know. It's week to week. You, you got to go over it with a fine-tooth comb, right. I swear. So, But now it is crunch time in the fantasy season, and hopefully everybody is tightening up those fantasy rosters with the hopes of heading into the playoffs. So now going into our eight to keep an eye on, we would go over our picks from last week, but I don't have Joe's picks and I really dropped the ball on not getting them from him before he took off for a vacation. So we'll just go over the eight upcoming games being played week 13 and we'll give you guys our picks for the most exciting and the most impactful games that we think will be uh, moving forward this season. And let's uh, see how we handle this one. First up, I'm going to say Seahawks and Cowboys, what say right. you? Who do you have? This is a this is a big game for both teams. Uh, the Cowboys trying to uh, stay in that top tier part of the NFC, mm-hmm. and uh, for the Seahawks, who just had a big divisional loss against the 49ers, trying to stay relevant and uh, position themselves for a uh, a wild card position. Seahawks on a two loss streak. The offense has not looked as good as it did earlier in the year. Dallas are on a three-win streak and uh, three mostly blowout wins, mm-hmm. playing on fire. So I'm going to have to lean towards the Cowboys here. Okay. I, too, took the Cowboys here. You're correct. I also mentioned that three-game winning streak. However, they have had a very soft schedule, right? So that three-game winning streak was the Giants, the Panthers, and the Commanders. So this one is the probably a little bit uh, tougher than those last three, but I still have them for the win. And just like you said, the Seahawks are coming off that loss to San Francisco and it's a short week. So uh, I think, yeah, Cowboys. Let's see. Next up, let's go Broncos, Texans. Who are you taking? Broncos versus Texans. Uh, I mean, we already spoke about the Broncos defense playing uh, much improved, playing like uh, they're redeeming their dignity out there. But the Texans are also on a roll. I mean, they had a close loss to Jacksonville last week, but Jacksonville is also a very high-powered offense, a good team. Right. Yeah, they're I, really I think they're, they're a contender for the big game. People sleep Jacksonville? on them. I think they are. Okay. I think they can make a run in the playoffs. But in the end, I'm, I'm going to have to go Texans here. 
Oh, okay. We differ on this one. So I took the Broncos. So I took the Broncos on that. I like the matchup. I think, like you said, it'll be a really good game. Broncos are much improved. They've won their last five games against tough opponents, just like we mentioned earlier, Chiefs, Bills, and the Browns. Uh, The Houston offense is no slouch either. We've seen what's been happening with C.J. Stroud and that receiving core of his. So I think they both have been playing some like inspired football as of late. I think I'm going with a more experienced quarterback, though, in Russell Wilson. So we, again, mentioned his touchdown to interception ratio, one of the best in the league. And I like the Broncos on this one. So I think they'll put another uh, W in the win column. He, we'll see. He knows how to take care of the ball. And in yeah. a, a close matchup, that probably might be the difference. But uh, I'm still going to go with my young guy here. <laughs> okay. You're going with the fresh legs. Yeah. I got it. Let's see. Eagles Niners. Eagles-Niners, another big game in the week of really big games. This one is for control of the NFC and uh, home field advantage. Right. The Eagles win this. It's the first clinch, right? I believe so. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to go Eagles. The Eagles, they're at home. Uh, Mm -hmm. Every little bit is going to matter in this game. I expect a pretty high-scoring game, actually, even though they both have excellent defenses. But I think the Eagles just edge out the Niners in a very close game. This, just like you said, this is a huge game that we have all been waiting for, especially the 49ers. So this is going to be a big, I think, revenge game for them. So the last time they saw the Eagles in the NFC Championships, they blew them out 31-7. And that's got to still sting just just a little, right? Right. I mean, yeah, they ran I think, out of the quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> right. That This is true. They didn't have Brock Purdy at the time. But Philly is, I think, the top dog in the NFC. I believe they've got two games on the Niners. So I think if they do win, they'll probably uh, be the first to clinch. I'm going to take my partner Joe's advice, which is you don't bet against mm-hmm. a winner until they lose. Oh, for the hot hand. So, and I'm, I'm going to go with that. So I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. So it's been a while since they took an L. That was way back in uh, week six. But Jalen Hurts and this Eagle, they just find a way to get it done. And so I think yeah. it's going to be no different this this week. He has clearly got like winning just in his DNA. He's got the juice this year. So, yeah, I think uh, it'll be no different this time around. And I'm taking the Eagles as well. So moving on, Lions, Saints, who you got? I got the Lions. Even if the Saints had uh, – their top two receivers, which it appears that they will not. I'd probably still take the line, especially coming off that uh, close loss on uh, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day. And it is still sitting at 83 and complete control of the AFC. I mean, the uh, NFC North. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saints did not look good versus the Falcons in a divisional mm-hmm. matchup. They're struggling right now. Yeah, They're looking for an identity. I think the Lions roll. I think you are correct. We... Both picked the uh, Detroit Lions in this case. So the Lions are coming off a loss to their division rivals, Green Bay, but they are still the favorite to win that division, especially with the help of, I think, who I think is the most reliable wide receiver in all of the league, Amon Ross St. Brown. If you're a fantasy manager of St. Brown, then you know what I'm talking about. He, You can count on him as sure as the sun rises to get the numbers that he's projected to. So the Saints have um, kind of been running hot and cold. They're down a receiver in Michael Thomas, so several now in um, Snead and Olave. So I think uh, this win for the Lions will keep them solidly in first place in their division, and I think they uh, take home the W. So I agree. going with the Lions. Uh, the next one up, Browns-Rams. 
Browns versus Rams. This is an interesting matchup. Now, you said that uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was going to be out of the concussion well, protocol? Mate, or? if he gets out of the, I don't know, he's currently still in concussion protocol. So we'll see if he is expected to he's, be out by Sunday. He's also a downgrade from Deshaun anyway. Of course. Uh, I mean, they're still playing well. The defense is playing well. They have a really great run game there. The Rams are coming off a big win for them uh, behind the play of uh, Kyron Williams. But uh, that is tough. It's in L.A. I mean, the Rams aren't playing for much, but I I feel like they do pull out this game in a close game. Uh, So we differ on this one. I'm taking the Browns here. So I think we're kind of watching the end of the Matthew Stafford era of the Rams slowly but surely. So kind of seeing it wind down, so to speak. And so the Browns defense, though, is playing stronger than ever, like no holds barred. So there's no denying, I think, that the Rams have some explosive playmakers on their teams, including Kyron Williams, who just had a heck of a game, right? And just coming back off of IR, just kicked in the door with a huge game. So the Browns are still a top 10 run defense and number one overall. I think it's enough to slow down that uh, run game and get the win. So I'm going to go with the Browns still. All right. On this one. Next up, the Bengals and the Jags. Bengals versus Jags. This is a continuing sad story in Cincinnati. (laughs) The burrowless, oh. the burrowless Bengals. The burrowless Bengals. Wow. <laughs> just, I like it, it. The year's over. They're out of the race for the AFC North. It, you know, it's between Baltimore, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and uh, the Browns. They're just playing for pride at this point, and they're running to a very hot Jaguars team. Yeah. Jags take this. I think you're right. So I also have the Jaguars with no Joe Burrow under center. This is really anyone's game, but the fact is the Jags are not eight and three for nothing. You know, they right. have only been beaten by the Chiefs and the Niners, really. And oh, they lost one to the Texans, one of the two uh, division games. They lost one of those, and, and there appears to be no stopping uh, Travis Etienne. He's having a that, huge That Houston huge loss season. looks better every week. So, right. So without their franchise uh, quarterback, the Bengals, I mean, they're just going to find it really difficult to put up points, even against kind of a middle-of-the-road defense. So I'm going to go, yeah, Jaguars on this one too. Next game, Colts-Titans. What do you say? Colts-Titans in a game that uh, it's hard to get excited about. Uh, <laughs> okay. The, but uh, Minshew had a great game against the uh, Bucks last week. Uh, mm-hmm faltering Bucks team, unfortunately. You got Zach Moss out there. I don't know. I'm just going to go with the Colts. Okay. So I took the Colts on this one as well. So they're currently sitting in number two, I think, in their division. And they have a stronger offense, I think, with Gardner Minshew being one of the better uh, backup quarterbacks in the league. Will Levis is still a developing quarterback, still having some struggles. Derrick Henry still serviceable in the right. running back role, but definitely not what he not used what to do. He used to be dominating, you know, with no question. So I think the Colts will take this one as well. And finally, <laughs> Falcons-Jets. Falcons-Jets. Another interesting matchup. I'm just going to go Falcons here. Okay. Uh, they're Offensively, they're better at every position. Well, maybe not a wide receiver, but it doesn't matter because you need a quarterback to throw to wide receivers. And uh, the Jets went backwards. Mm-hmm. Last week, with that. I can't even remember this guy's name, but they might as well mm-hmm. just put Zach Wilson back in there. Okay, I, I don't know. 
Tim Boyle, I think it was. Tim Boyle? Tim Boyle? Okay. I think so. And know what anybody was expecting. Right. Uh, that uh, that change was going to have any kind of different results there. I'm going to roll Falcons here. Right. Okay. I'm, I too am taking the Falcons. Uh, literally, my heart breaks for the Jets because I think that had they a quarterback at the start of the season, things could have looked drastically different sure. for this team. Yeah. But uh, the Jets are, of course, still having trouble at that quarterback position and putting points on the board. So this game may be just a tiny bit more competitive because the Falcons have had their struggles at quarterback as well. Right. So um, I think the Jets still need to figure out a way to get more out of Brees Hall. He's their second best player behind uh, on the offensive side of the ball, at least behind Garrett Wilson. And the Falcons are kind of right in the middle of the pack when it comes to defending the run, a little better at defending the pass. And again, only because of the Jets offensive struggles, I'm taking the Falcons on this one. So, In in the end, the point of the game is to score more points than the other team. (laughs) And the Jets have... uh, not showing the ability to score points anymore. So yeah, it's a struggle, but so that would do it for our eight games to keep an eye on. And now the segment that we get the most feedback on everyone seems to like so, so much. We get a little more player specific, make some accurate fantasy prediction and let you know who's going to show up, who's going to show out, who's going to be a shit show. So we just need everybody to do their job. Maybe the one word that isn't in that that's implied is do your job well. It could be enough to make the difference. Who do you have, Eric? Showing up, quarterback. Oh, go. All right, showing up uh, with the homer pick. Baker Mayfield versus the Panthers. And, okay. Uh, and actually an important divisional game. They're all within uh, one and a half games of each other. Top three, the Bucks, Saints, and the Falcons. Uh, the Bucks coming off a tough loss. Against the uh, the Colts, who ran all over the uh, a pretty solid run defense, mm-hmm. uh, but they still had a good showing. I think he's going to show up. He's going to have a solid game. Solid game, like it. Okay, I went Derek off at the Saints. So the Saints are one of the tougher defenses in the league, but the eight and three Lions, noteworthy opponents in first place in their division. They're intent on staying there. And I think they also have one of the more reliable wide receivers, like I said before, right. and a solid run game in Gibbs and Montgomery. So no reason to not have Goff in your fantasy lineup this weekend. He will at best get his projection. So I do have him to show up. Free with that pick. Next uh, uh, position, running back. Running back. Up, uh, I have uh, Kyron Williams uh, showing up. Last game, he had 143 yards. This game, he's run into a much stiffer, as you stated, Browns run defense, uh, actually a vicious Browns yeah. run defense. But with the QB problems that uh, Cleveland's having, I believe it would be a slow kind of grind out game. Okay. And he's going to get touches, and I feel like he'll have a decent game. Nice. So I went Isaiah Pacheco at the uh, Packers. So I like this matchup for him. I think he'll actually get a little more than his projections against this Packers defense. So he had a great game last week. But prior to that, his numbers were down just a little bit, I think, in the prior two games. So this will be a good opportunity to like to reestablish that upper trend. I think he'll do okay. He'll show up. Next position, wide receiver, who you got? Wide receiver, I have uh, George Pickens of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. He splits targets with uh, Deontay Johnson, the other primary target there. They fired Matt Canada, which I spoke about week Mm -hmm. three. He ran just a, I don't know if his his setup was 
meant for NFL play. I know you guys discussed last week about how his entire career previously had been uh, in college. College, right. And some of the things he was trying to do just don't work at the NFL level. Uh, but since he's been gone, just in one week, you've seen radical difference in how that offense is run. Hmm. And I think that benefits uh, Pickens. And it definitely benefited Pat Fryermuth, who was back off of a uh, second game, back off injury, mm-hmm. tied in there, got 120 yards, and was targeted 11 times. Okay. Which, I mean, that's like night and day from early in the season. So okay. I think it'd be more slinging the ball in nice. Pittsburgh. Okay. So I went with <laughs> Jamar Chase at the Jaguars. So I said, yeah, we know that the Bengals are having a hard time with Joe, with no Joe Burrow on the center. So we saw Jake Browning throw for 227 and a TD that did not go to Chase. But I think this week Chase will have, I think, he did have four receptions on six targets. I think that number will be up this week. He got 81 yards. So I think we'll see it. as they as Browning kind of settles into this new role, I think we'll see a little bit more and just enough for Jamar Chase to hit those projections in his floor, which tends to be on the higher side of right. things. So I think he'll do enough to say that he uh, he did show up on this one. So Nice. And tight end. Tight end. Uh, yep. Going back to what I spoke about earlier, uh, Pat Firemove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he'll have a game like he did last week, but uh, I think he's going to be a consistent part of that offense moving forward. I couldn't agree more. I said the same thing, Friar move against the Bengals. I think, um, yep, the Cardinals, they have been more competitive since the return of Kyler Murray, but I think that they can still, there are some areas where they can still be exploited in terms of defense. I think that tight end position is one. Pat Friermuth is also who I went with to show up. Let's see. And for defense, who do you have? Defense. Uh, I got the Broncos. You know, I have Houston winning the mm-hmm. game. I have actually a more low-scoring type of game. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. You know, sub 20 points, the way the Broncos defense has been performing to show up. I took the Falcons. So with the Jets still having their trouble on the offensive side, the Falcons should have no trouble capitalizing on that uh, situation there. It may be a low scoring game, but I think the Falcons will do enough to get the win. So I'm going to say I think they will show up that defense. That's a good call. So, and now doing the most, showing out. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Who are we going to see the biggest and best games from starting quarterback go? All right, showing out QB, I have Jalen Hurts, big time, Mr. Primetime, for uh, an MVP statement game Mm -hmm. against the uh, highest level of competition. Uh, This is it. This is his moment to shine. I also happen to have him on my team, so <laughs> I believe in him this week. Okay. Let's see you show up, well, man. No biases there, right? Okay. I like Justin Herbert. That's funny because I have him on my team to show, <laughs> to show out. But It's weird how that So happens. on average, I think the Patriots are allowing 222 passing yards to opposing offenses. Problem is, I don't think that Justin Herbert is an average quarterback. So watching Herbert, I feel like he's always like just right on the cusp or right on the edge of this like greatness. I feel like I can feel how much he wants to win when I watch him play. So 
I do. I, I feel like it's the seeping right through the television. That said, I think he will show out against the middle of the road, average Packers, a uh, correction, a uh, Patriots defense. I think um, he and his star wideout connect for at least two touchdowns. Going next position to show out running back. All right. Uh, for showing out, I have uh, Raheem, uh, and I always struggle with uh, pronouncing uh, his name. Raheem Mustard. Mustard, yes. Mustard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh he's been nothing but consistent this year. And I believe uh let's see who they play. Yeah, ninety-four years, ninety-four yards uh last game versus the Jets. This week they're playing a struggling Washington defense. I think he's gonna show up. Okay. I went uh Rashad White versus the Panthers. So the Panthers have been getting killed on the run all season long. So through week 12, they are 24th against the run, surrendering an average of 124 yards a game. And White is coming off a career-high 100-yard game against the Colts. He's got a little momentum on his side. I think the Bucks will attempt to take advantage of the Panthers' shortcoming and their inability to defend the run. So I think we'll see a lot of him. And often, I think he will show out this week. He'll have uh, good numbers. He belongs in a starting lineups this week. I always believe in the Bucks showing out, so <laughs> oh, I, I agree. Here we go. All right, moving on. Wide receiver, who do you got? I got uh, Brandon Ayuk of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Okay. He had a uh, great game against the Seahawks, and uh, I expect a uh, high-scoring, thrilling game versus the Eagles, I believe, on Thursday, and he's going to be a big part of that. So I went with Keenan Allen on this one. So I'm pairing him up with uh, his quarterback for a big game this week. I think he's one of the best route runners in the league. In spite of what the Chargers record Mm. says, he is having a great season. He's already logged 1,100 yards. A little over 100 yards per game is what he's averaging. And he's got seven TDs. So the Chargers may be looking for a bounce back game here because they, you know, had some right. rough goals lately against the Patriots and I think they'll get it. So, and that and then some. So I have uh, Keenan Allen to show out. And tight end, who you got? Tight end, I just picked with the uh, the easy pick, Travis Kelsey. They're playing the Packers this week. He will show up. Yeah. Yeah, good pick. That's as expected. So this one I kind of had a hard time with. And so I have two choices here because I couldn't decide between the two. Uh, So I'll go over them both really quickly. I went Hunter uh, Henry and Dalton Schultz. So we know the Chargers can't defend the pass, even if their lives depended on it. So I'm expecting (laughs) the Patriots to get Hunter Henry involved early and often see a bunch of him. And then for Dalton Schultz, his last two games, the numbers were down a little bit, but um, no team gives up more yards or receptions to the tight end position than the Broncos. So Mm. he should have uh, a nice, a nice bounce back game there. I'm expecting to see big numbers from him as well. So moving on into defense, we'll go. Uh, who do you got? I got the Lions versus uh, the Saints. Okay. Just going back to the injury situation there. They seem to be in somewhat of uh, disarray. So I have the Lions pretty much steamrolling the Saints this week. Okay. So I went with the Chiefs to show out. The okay. Chiefs are playing yeah. incredible. So. Listen, I think Jordan Love will have all that he can handle against this Chiefs 
defense. He has not been playing overtly bad. Jordan Love, that is. No, um, in no. fact, <laughs> his stat line is 2,600 yards so far on the season and averaging about 237 per game. He's got 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So, so not altogether horrible. Those are good rookie stats. And those are... Red shirt stats. Excuse me. <laughs> we Red said. shirt stats. Yes. So, but the problem is that a decent stat line doesn't amount to wins. And when it doesn't amount to wins, that means it doesn't mean very much in a lot of cases. So I think the Chiefs defense is going to dominate this entire game. So they're averaging that 3.5 sacks a game. Chris Jones is earning every penny of the money that he held out for. He's got seven and a half on the season. And then uh, the other defensive end, George Karloftis has eight. So mm. they are wrecking shop. Yeah. And I have the Chiefs to absolutely show out on Green Bay. I agree. Sorry. I'm sorry, Jordan. So, all right. And now, lastly, lastly. Oh, yeah. So we got me to work out mode. The shit show. Who is going to have uh, a long day when, okay. when their game rolls around? Who you got going up at quarterback? At quarterback. Well, actually, I hope Joe Flacco plays. <laughs> Okay. Because uh, I want to see that. I mean, last time I saw him play, he looked very stiff, very much, no disrespect, but an old man. Okay. He used to be able to really throw the ball downfield and just, you know, age comes for us all. Okay. And I want to see him out there versus the Rams. I want I want to see it. It's, I do believe it would be a shit show. Okay. So I'm, That you want to see. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see Joe Flacco. Well, you weren't kidding about that Flacco. downfall thing that people yeah. like to watch. <laughs> right. Okay. So I went with uh, Geno Smith at Dallas. So Geno Smith and Seahawks are a little banged up and have coming off that tough loss to the Niners and on a short week. So this is going to be a tough one for them against the powerhouse defense. Uh, yeah. Geno Smith. Yeah. Shit show. So running back, who you got? Uh, running back, I have uh, James Conner of the Cardinals. Mm. Uh, last week, he only had 27 yards versus the Rams. Kyler Murray's back. Things are kind of, I mean, Kyler Murray's not playing back, but I think that they're, once again, kind of reconfigure what they're doing down there mm-hmm. in Arizona. And uh, playing the uh, Steelers this week, I think Kyler Murray's the kind of quarterback that tries to throw himself out of these situations once they go behind. And That's think, a good description. I think Connor is going to suffer for that again. Okay. All right. Well, I went with probably a less popular option in this category, but Bijan Robinson. So he had his first really good game with multiple TDs last week against the Saints. Um, he, that, he hadn't had a good game in a while like that. But this week he gets a much tougher defense in the Jets. And as talented mm-hmm. as he is, I think he will get very little. They're known for being a very stingy yeah. defense. So, And while they have fallen some in the rankings, I think the defense is still the best thing that they do. And I think they'll be able to put a, a pretty good limit or cap on uh, That's Robinson. That's a pretty surprising call. Yeah. So, yep, okay, I know. We'll see. <laughs> I know. Next up, wide receiver. Who are you going with? Well, actually, going back to the same game, I have uh, Drake London, the supposed prime target mm-hmm. uh, for Ritter, but he has this—he uh, has this thing where he disappears. He'll have, he'll have a game, and it looks like okay, yeah, he's he sees him out there. Okay, you know, he's he's feeding them, and then they go right back to their uh, run-heavy offensive plan that they run that they favor okay. in Atlanta. So I guess it really just depends on you know, how the game plays out tomorrow. But I kind of see him not getting the receptions that he did 
last week versus Saints. Okay. Well, I would agree with you there. I'm also staying in that game, and I went Drake London as well. So I think Drake London will be seeing a lot of Sauce Gardner, who is yes. also a very also stingy bad. defender, yeah. barely giving up a touchdown on the season, I think. So um, I don't think he will get much going either. Agree with you 100%. Uh, shit show for Drake London. Who do you have in tight end? For tight end, I have uh, David Njoku of okay. the Browns. And uh, not because uh, any fault of his own, but uh, with the quarterback trouble that they're having there, uh, I feel like it'll be more used for blocking. Uh, and it's going to be a very run-heavy type of situation. Even if uh, Dorian's back, mm-hmm. I think they'll limit what the game plan is for him this Sunday. So, shit show for David and Joku. All right. Well, I actually stayed in the uh, Falcons-Jets game, and I went Kyle Pitts, my favorite. Okay. So, yeah. uh, I hate to feel like I'm picking on games or targeting players or what have you. But um, yeah, I think for all the same reasons, this is a very, very tough Jets defense, likely a very low scoring game. And I don't think Kyle Pitts will get much going. So defense, who do you got? Defense, uh, Saints D to get rolled by a disgruntled, angry Lions team. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Jericho and Amon St. Ron. And uh, yeah. I went Seattle. Versus Dallas. So Seattle, again, coming off that tough loss and that uh, that bye, a shit show for the Seattle defense. I think Dak and the Cowboys and, you know, CeeDee Lamb, they're going to have their way with them. Probably. Yep. So I think that will do it for us. I think we're getting pretty good at this. What do you think, Eric? How do we do? I mean, I listen every week. It sounds pretty good to me. All right. I couldn't agree with you more than where to find us. Let's see. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Remember, like, follow, rate, and review us on any of those platforms. Those ratings not only help us get better, but the more ratings and reviews we get, the faster we move up the podcasting charts. And that's exactly what we want. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Air It Out Network and Use that support this podcast link in the show description and show the pot some love. So again, thank you all so much for listening and for the support. And a very special thanks to our guest host today, Florida Fade, for sitting in for Joe and making the podcast happen this week. Thanks for allowing me on. All right. So signing off, I'm Chantel. I'm Eric. And this is the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. See you. This podcast is written, produced, and recorded by me, Chantel Brown, and Joe Bishop as a part of the Air It Out Podcast Network. Recording mixed and mastered by Wodek B. Thank you.